Merka. How you doing? Merka is where we're at. Yeah. America, America. Look at that. Them levels look good. Like they were ready to get the Beatles back together. Oh, snap. Ringo Starr. <laughs> Ringo. I can't do an accent. What the fuck am I doing? Hey, man, it's Cali K.O. We're brought to you by Anchor. I hope everybody had a great Christmas day, Christmas Eve, all that shit you do with your family. Hope you enjoyed your blessed ones, didn't kill any of your relatives, all of that good stuff. We are back after a long break. Vacation. In the same place at the same time right now. None of the phone shit. This is dope, man. Hey, so how you feeling? Good, man. You know, uh, we, had a, we had a good time. Uh, Christmas was good. Family's good. Everybody's good. Food was amazing. Right? The food's always good on I like Christmas, right? I like to eat. Yeah. Do you like Christmas more than Thanksgiving when it comes to the food? Um, no, I think Thanksgiving it's more focused on food. Christmas is more focused on gifts. So the food is kind of an afterthought. It's kind of like you don't really notice. And plus you just had that big meal from Thanksgiving that you're kind of just like, oh, okay, this this again. I, I'm starting to think. I'm starting to feel more like I enjoy Christmas because everywhere I go, it's prime rib. They don't want to do the turkey because the turkey is Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I'm noticing that prime rib seems to be the the Christmas tradition. You might get yeah. a ham or something else, but there's prime rib, um, which I'm, gonna, I'm never mad at, like one bit. I need, you know, speaking of that, I need to find out where I can get some raw horseradish. I'm making this tonic that you can uh, cleanse your body with, that you take like a little teaspoon of it every morning and you're good. But I need horseradish. I can't find it. Is that weird? Because it's not something you normally buy at the grocery store. So I don't know where it's at in the grocery store, but I know it's there. It's got to be there. It has to be there. But I wouldn't know. I don't, I don't eat horseradish. or I don't use that. So, I mean, I can't even help you. Like, I got <laughs> nothing for that. But I like the fact, and I know how you are, because once you get your mindset on something, you're going to go ahead and you're going to make it a reality. Trader Joe's probably has horseradish. Trader Joe's probably has it. We were just sitting here. What were we just doing right now, trying to figure out what Captain America's shield is made out of? Oh, yeah. And you had to, like, uh, yeah, I need, fact I need check to it. find out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Facts yeah. are important. Knowledge is power. <laughs> Wisdom is more precious than gold. Yep. All right, man. So check it out. This is the stuff I I got on my on my wish list of shit to talk about. Of course, we got to talk a little bit of football. What happened during the holidays? Week sixteen recap. Go into maybe what's going to happen in week seventeen in the playoffs, if you care to. Um, I want to talk some basketball. I definitely want to get more into sharing the Christmas stories, maybe family traditions. I want to talk. Holiday cards, like family holiday cards, the shit that you get sent in the mail. Yeah. Um, I don't know when that became, like, I don't know when I got put on the list for that, but all of a sudden, like, I get family uh, yeah, cards yeah, from have, everybody. I like, to talk about with the, yeah. um, Text that to me. Don't send a card. It's yeah. weird. <laughs> we have, there's apps for that. Yeah. Stop wasting trees. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, but, you know, I guess we should start first with um, that podcast interview you did. I want to talk about that for sure. Um, I think it's something we can get into. And so, you tell me what you want to talk about first. So uh, I did a podcast with uh, my buddy Walt Grassel. He's uh he's in my acting class as well, and uh, he just wanted to talk about um, adaptation, you know, um, change. So they're good key topics. Uh, his podcast is a little different from ours because we're more uh, talking about current events. Uh, Points of interest, uh, opinions, uh, hot topics, things like that. And uh, Walt's uh, podcast is more about uh, instructional, motivational, things like that. Like uh, 
self-help speakers, kind of, so to speak, that, that, that realm. And it's cool because you get a chance to, uh, he actually helped me write my bio. I, I looked on my Wikipedia and my bio sucked. So Walt's expert in that stuff. So I, I gave him a bunch of uh, topics and things I wanted to uh, hit on from my bio, and he actually helped me formulate it to where now it looks smooth. So now I have something to put on my website, you know, when I decide to stop being lazy and do it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I talked about adaptation, talk about um, uh, setting goals, reaching goals, not being afraid to set goals that are outrageous because the more outrageous they are, the harder you have to work for. And in the process of working towards that outrageous goal, you've accomplished so much more than you would have if you would have settled for less. So uh, the, the key thing that I took away from that interview was talking about not being fearful of setting a goal and, and failing. Because if you fail, you learn in failure as well, and you learn how to set a better goal, and you learn about yourself, what, what you can do and not do, so that you're not wasting time hoping for something every day and being unsatisfied with your current life, always hoping, 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 rather than setting a course of action to achieving. Hoping is the opposite of achieving because you're actively working towards achieving your goal, and you have a journey that you started. Yeah, I see that. It was good. I thought it was um, it was a, it was a good interview. Like, I thought um, you were very informative in, in what you were saying, and I, I liked the fact that he gave you the platform to really – like, shit, I've known you for how long? Like, yeah. you said some things I didn't even know. I'm like, oh, damn. Like, oh, oh, okay. You know, when he gave you the platform to basically – tell your story and start your story from wherever you wanted to start it and work your way up to where you are now. I thought it was cool that he said um, people don't get an idea of what a real person's like by asking the question, what do you do? Yeah. Right? Like, So when you ask what you do, that's not a good representation of who they are. So he gave you the platform to say, tell me about you and what has made you the person you are to this point. Um, so I thought that was very cool and you were very good at, at getting that across, like for people that didn't know you yeah. and even me, I know you and I was still very good. <laughs> but what I took from that, what's podcast shows are just long winded, like the pace, you know, like for me oh, yeah. coming from traditional radio, I'm sitting there and I'm in my, my editing brain, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to that. Like this can be. You can cut, cut two minutes off of each break and have it be like, like moving. Rapid fire. And that's why I wanted to talk about that show and that interview because it was very good. And we've done this before. Like we listen to podcasts. We're on the podcast scene, but I came from traditional radio where it was all about the pace. Yeah. So I feel like it's going, you know how they say the game speed and the league is way faster than game speed in college. Oh, yeah. Like I feel like the podcast pace is like NCAA. And then traditional radio, where you have to kind of move a little faster. That's the league. So I have a hard time adjusting to the difference. Yeah. But that's why I try to make our show a little bit of both, where we're going from where we're talking about things, we're trying to be informative, but we're we're moving quick. And we're giving you as much as we can, not just like – because that was an hour-long show, bro. I got like 25 minutes in. You know what I mean? Like, it's like my attention span is not there. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's rough. And, but, 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 you know, with podcasts, there's demographics. So you you have a podcast, and it's set for a certain audience. Like right, uh, mainstream radio, your audience, the demographics are all over the board. Right. So, I mean, you know, yeah, some people like Rock 105.3, so they listen to that. Some people like uh, 90.3. Um, different radio stations have different genre of music. But even in those different subclasses of genres, you have demographics that are all over the board. 
like old, young, things like that. So you have to have that catchy, keep you in appeal to everybody across the board. And that's where you get the uh, – we were teasing CS Keys. Uh, shout out CS Keys, CS Keys show on Mighty 1090. Absolutely, um, one of the homies. He uh, CS Keys has that very um, – you know what I mean? Like the structured voice. Like yes. he has that voice for radio. Like, this is C.S. Keys, you know what I'm saying, from Mighty 1090. <laughs> and we're about this. We'll be right back. There's this. And the, you know what I'm saying? That, yeah, that formula yeah. is like, okay, yeah, that's the dude that's in radio. He's a professional. It's very structured and orderly. And then when you have the free agents, we're always together. You got Eric doing one thing. C.S. Keys doing one thing. Me and you talking. And then Ivan, like the, the idea that what I was trying to get was what you're saying is appealing to the cross uh, demographics. But – it didn't pan out because you can't have somebody compromise their skill. Right. Whereas we t- toned it down to Cal and KO again. Now, this is what we've been doing for them 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the formula is we have that same style, the same flow. And if we want to slow it down, be informative, speak clearly, cool. And we want, don't want to throw out them cuss words and, you know, rapid fire talking, laughing, giggling, go from one topic to the next. And it's just seamless. Yeah, man. And that's what um, I feel like with ev- the podcasting is taking off. But just like with when the internet first came out and everybody was trying to get something on YouTube, you know, there's a, there's really good quality stuff out there on YouTube. There's good quality stuff in the podcast, but you got to weed through a lot of shit to get to the good stuff. Yeah. And so I feel like for the people that are doing the podcast, and I'm no expert because we're I'm new to, I'm newer to the podcast than I am doing mainstream traditional corporate radio, but it's like if they could take some of the men. Mindset from radio where it's like You're putting a little bit more thought into your break And maybe going how am I going to get to my point Maybe wrap it up a little bit faster Then that takes you from being just your In the middle of the pack podcast To maybe getting to be DeSeuss and Marrow And get that Get that gig right because that's what you want to do Like at the end of the day you want to separate yourself Tell me if I'm getting too preachy This is just me giving like what I feel Like separates podcasts from Regular shows which is where They want to go and then what separates us From everybody else is we're, we're pretty Fucking awesome and we still move at a good Pace um shout out to Toot your own horn that's what I Did right there <laughs> I don't I can't use the word toot man It's weird <laughs> I think Fart yeah fart my Own horn yeah I don't want to say blow My own horn that's weird too Oh, this is what do the, you say? This is the perfect time for Cal and KO to hit you with the brand new sponsor. This is the Despicable Me Minion Fart Gun. This is where we toot our yes. own horn on the Cal and KO show. Yes. <laughs> Cal and KO brought to you by Anchor. We back. It's just no time. <laughs> Bed Bath and Beyond. We got Lowe's, Target, Home Depot. It's just no time. No, man, I, I get it. I, I get it. I mean, family holiday cards, man. I don't know when I got. I don't know when I got put on the list. I've been I've been single, and, and I mean, I've lived on my own for a very long time. Yeah. And I don't know what happened to where now all of a sudden I'm worthy of getting people's family greeting holiday cards in the mail well, well, every we, year we, we now. We crossed into a new. Uh, a new demographic. We're older. We got kids and family, so now people think that that's what they're supposed to do. Somebody lied. <laughs> Somebody lied. Somebody opened up the door and lied and told a big lie. Why do we need that? Why? I don't. I mean, why? I don't get it. Man, and now, now am I a bad? Am I a bad dad? Am I a bad parent? Because I'm now not taking 
portraits with my kids and putting them on a postcard and sending them out to other people? I got Instagram, bro. I just took a picture of me and my kids and put it on Instagram. If you follow me, then that's your if you follow me, then that's your card. You follow me. That's your card. I'm not wasting money on a stamp to send you a card you a picture that I just Okay, why would I put this picture on Instagram and then send it to you at your house? I'm not saving it. It's on my database. It's on the server for Instagram. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let y'all on a dirty secret. If you send me cards like Valentine's Day cards or Christmas cards, birthday cards, don't just text me because when you send me that stuff, what do you I, do with it? I throw it away. Oh no, he did. Oh yeah. no. I, I look at it for a while. I appreciate it. I, I, I in my mind, I, I love my friends and family that send me these things. I say, you know what, man, I love this. This family is nice. Hey, honey, look, they sent us a card. Okay, read it. Oh, you know, happy holidays, uh, Merry Christmas, wish you guys the best, love you. You know what? I love y'all too. I'll send them a text. Hey, love y'all, man. Thanks for the card. Then the card goes in the trash <laughs> because I, I know you look like I have pictures. I don't have old school photo albums that you put everything in. Maybe I should have all these memories kept together and put it into a scrapbook. People can't but, do that. There's no way people are saving others. Like people that have been far that have been in this demographic far longer than us being all domesticated and stuff they're not saving the holiday cards that they get from people on the yearly basis i would hope not yeah they used to because there there used to not be instagram facebook twitter uh, linkedin snapchat there was none of that so you had to save it i have old cards that i've saved because it was back in the day old but then when i'm going through my drawers and, and trunks and clearing out old stuff it's thrown away quick yeah last year we didn't check our mail until February. Wow. So we got all of our Merry Christmas greetings from all of these families around Valentine's Day. And we had to then go, oh, yeah, thanks for that card. We just got it. You know what I mean? Like, good looking out. You know what's coming when they say, hey, uh, what's your address? You've been in my house like 10 times, man. You know my address. Oh, you need to know the number. You know where I live. Come holler at me. <laughs> San Diego's still in the hunt. But uh, no, they're Los tough. Angeles is Los Angeles still in the hunt. Oh yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. But you can't right. say Los Angeles because there's two teams in Los Angeles. Yeah. So you gotta still say San Diego because then you know who we're talking about. And then the other team that's in Los Angeles, they've already won their division. They're in. Rams are in. Yeah, the Rams were not doing that well when I was playing. <laughs> no, they weren't doing that good last year. When I was with the Chargers, Seattle was terrible, and then I got to the Niners, and now they're good. It's it's. The psychology of your division, you, you fear teams that should not be feared. So then that psychology overtakes the team, and then your mindset's different. Now you have a battle with a team that you should be having a battle with. Scrub teams in other divisions beat your team that's supposed to be the powerhouse, and then you have a, a hard time with it, and you're a powerhouse yourself. That makes no sense. There's There are a lot of teams that are hurt this year, though. Seattle's not Seattle. The Seattle that we're used to seeing with the Legion of Boom and Earl Thomas and you know, Sherman and Chancellor. Chancellor's out for the year. Sherman's out for the year. They're getting older. Wagner's hurt. I mean, they're they're getting older, and it's looking more like it's it's uh, Russell Wilson's team. They're trying to go more yeah. old school Pete Carroll USC offense than than the Seattle that we know. And then what's bugging me out about the Rams is I didn't even know that they were going to be this good. You, you you know, no, they were progressing. They, yeah, they had a lot of young talent when I was playing them, and they were they they have the the feistiness. Playing them was the effort. But you know when you see a team that they may win a close game that they shouldn't have won. Yeah. But then they lose a game that they shouldn't lose. Yeah. So then you're waiting to see which which one is which. Like, how real are you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, for me, I was kind of – and Philly was the same way this year. I was waiting to see if 
if they were going to really be seriously con- serious contenders or if they were going to take a shit and go back to being what they were. Because, look, yeah. the Raiders were 12-4 and four last year, and then they went back to being the Raiders this year. And there are a lot of injuries, a lot more injuries with superstar players this year than in, oh, yeah. in years past. But That's bad coaching when you have that kind of swing. The, we, we remember we went from four and twelve to twelve and four in one year with yeah, Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah, I remember That's that. That's good coaching. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh, when you yeah. were with the Niners, I mean, oh yeah, the Niners were shit before Harbaugh got there. Oh yeah, and then Harbaugh got there, and they were in three NFC, you know, championship games, got to a Super Bowl. Yeah, and then he's gone, and they're back to being shit. Yeah. As a Niner fan, though, I don't know if you've been watching the games, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo from New England. Oh yeah, like yo, like yeah, he's. he's good. When you say when you speak of bad coaching, I look at him and I go, "That's a product of good coaching." Because even though Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the Niners, offensive guru, as they like to call the Shanahan's, all of that stuff, right? As much as he's known for being an offensive guy, Garoppolo just came from the Patriots' way, where he was being coached by Belichick, oh, yeah. and he was learning under the goat Tom Brady. Yeah. So now he's going as smart as you are, Shanahan. This is still dumbed down to what I was doing. In New England, yeah. I feel like that because that's I mean, a perfect marriage. Beat. It's a perfect marriage because you have a guy that's coming from so saturation. Uh, uh, excuse my language. He's coming from a place where there's a huge saturation of knowledge of the game. So where you go somewhere where it's dumbed down, you're going to excel right away. And that's the perfect scenario where you come in and you're lifting everybody else up to your standard. And being that you're a quarterback, <laughs> being that you're a quarterback, that is huge for that position to be able to do that. The awesome thing about football is that when you're new to success, uh, your team's growing, you're rebuilding, whatever you want to call it, you're saving money. When you're rebuilding, you have a lot of young talent that needs to experience what football is. So you have a lot of success one year, then you start to believe your own hubris, and you get comfortable. Complacent. Nice word. You get complacent, and mm-hmm. that's why you come back the next year and you don't do well. But then you have a team that's uh, a lot of young talent, and you're doing uh, a lot of good things early in the season. Oh, this is how you do it, and you get happy, excited. That mindset, we always win. So you go into a game, always win. Now you're doing good. Then you hit some adversity from a team that's pretty, pretty well off in their years. A very advanced uh, Baltimore Ravens with an old defense. A very advanced uh, New England Patriots with the old coaching staff. It tests your uh, your prowess. Okay, you know what I mean. So that's why you get those yeah. swings like that. I see that. Um, let's talk some current real quick. We just saw that James Harrison. Got cut by the Steelers, and mm. he signed with the Patriots. Mm. The Patriots, who have had the Steelers' number over the last five years or however many times they go against each other. Somebody on the Steelers said that this erases James Harrison's legacy with the Steelers because of the fact that he signed with the Patriots of all teams. To that, you say what? I learned the business early on. I used to be frustrated. Don't go NPR. Shut up. Don't go NPR. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you started to go in. So everybody, everybody knows me. You can Google it. I say I'm going to be a good receiver someday, just not in San Diego. So I, I learned early on the politics. It is what it is, man. You got to go somewhere where they're going to give you the shine, and you got to maximize your short time to play football. You're not going to erase your legacy. What you did is there. The numbers are there. You're going to go in the Hall of Fame because you're that dude that laid people out. Everybody knows who you are. 
if you let go of your star player, that's because you won't let go of your star player. Sean Merriman got let go. Uh, LT got let go. Junior Seau got let go. Drew Brees got let go. I mean, it's over and over again. It happens all across the league. So one player wants to voice opinion saying he's going to erase the legacy. Okay, cool. That's not Bible. That's just you being all butthurt because your, your, your boy's gone. It's not your boy's fault. So don't attack your boy because he wants to get let go because he's not getting done right. That's the part of the, it's part of the business. Like, no, love your people for who they are. I got a lot of friends that are on opposite teams. I'm not mad at him because you went to another team. It's, it's what it is. A lot of my homies on, on the Chargers were mad that I left, but they're not going to say stuff like you erase your legacy. Hey, man, we'll go do you, man. I know how it is. That's the way That's the way the business is. And stuff like that will get inflated on TV because these people feed into the fan side because they're fans themselves. Even though they work on the news, they're fans themselves. And the funny thing is that they have certain people on the on the news or these shows because it appeals to the demographics. But if they really wanted to appeal to get the best ratings, you'd have all football players talking about football. Give mm. me a glimpse of the locker room. Be the locker room on TV. Yeah. They want to be politically correct and say, oh, women can come and talk about this and this. I'm not bashing women for doing what they do because some of these women on here, they're, they're knowledgeable. They speak. They got good gab. You know what I'm saying? Respect for women out there doing a the hustle, talking football, and they never played and don't have no knowledge. So they learn it all, and then they go out there and, and perform very well. That's fine and dance. Great. But if you really want to maximize your ratings, you're going to have all baseball players talking about baseball in a baseball setting because that's the realest you're ever going to get is now I'm a part of a, a locker room, part of a team. I'm in the dugout. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I hear you. I don't see men going to talk about women's uh, volleyball. You know what I'm saying? It's just weird. <laughs> it's weird. You. Okay. It doesn't no, give me credence. I'm just going to – I'm going to attempt to play devil's advocate on this one. Flip side of the coin. Now – if you have all players giving the inside of the locker room, is there some sense of breaking the code? Because they're what code? Cause, well, there, there are certain things that are part of locker room culture that stay locker room culture. So if you get all guys that are football players and you're expecting them to give that culture to the guys that are currently playing the game, are they breaking some type of rule by then giving too much insight into what goes on behind the scenes? No, because – for one, the behind-the-scenes stuff, I'm not saying anything personal, like your personal business. I'm talking about the ins and outs of the game so you become a better uh, student of the game to understand it. I'm a fantasy football player. I got $10,000 in my fantasy league I'm trying to win. I don't want some fluff from somebody that got something written for them by a, a writer for the show, and you're just regurgitating stuff you got written for you. I want to know the real. I'm, I'm, I'm Kasim Osgood. I used to play with Drew Brees. When he plays against this team, this is his mindset because da-da-da-da-da. So I think he's going to throw for this many yards. He's going to get this many points for your fantasy football team. I don't want some writer from New Jersey who went to uh, Dartmouth that's a good writer that can write something that sounds entertaining and cool. To, Shout out to Dartmouth. Yeah. To, to Oh, I saw all these stats, so I'm going to go off these stats. Man, stats don't tell you anything about every football game. True that. It tells you what happened already. It doesn't predict. There's no prediction of Tom Brady throwing for 500 yards versus this team. It happens. It just happens. Mm. But you know it's going to happen because you know who he's going against, who they're going to target, who's healthy, who's not healthy, who studies the playbook, uh, audibles, who they're coaching against. This coach says these plays against this team because he has a track record of knowing this team. And I know when I was playing for this team, we should do this because we felt that he couldn't throw if you could force him to the left side out of the pocket. So you do a middle dog blitz across the middle to flush him to the left so he can throw across his body. It doesn't work for him. That's what they did to Phillip Rivers when we uh, played Baltimore. Called the Baltimore Blitz. You wouldn't know that if you didn't have football players telling you that. Okay. I hear that. That's all I'm saying. It's just, you know, information that 
he would really benefit from if you had it a certain way. Yeah, I, I appreciate you for for hitting the switch because you were about to go to NPR for that one, and uh, you needed to keep it real because that was part of it. Some, if I don't want to talk to a football player and have him go, well, you know, part of the locker room. Well, and well, well I'll have you know. Well, I'll have you know. And rah, 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 fuck that. That's not what we listen to athletes for. So thank you. I'm going to tell you how it is, son. I'm going to tell you why I'm there, son. I'm going to tell you why I'm there. I'm on my fourth album. I still live with my mom's. <laughs> Hey, yo, on one of these breaks, we got to get Calvin, a.k.a. Cal, from the Cal and KO Show, brought to you by Anchor. We need to get a session where you record a mix and show people that being a DJ is it's a craft. It's something real. It's it's not just I have this uh, deck, I have a computer, uh, I have Serato, and I can just uh, have a pre-recorded set and then put it on there, and then I'm considered a DJ. I think I think the DJ is highly uh, overlooked for importance. It's important. The I, DJ is everything. I agree. It is. I agree, and I appreciate you for giving me the compliment. But that also lets me know that you don't listen to the show because I've done that. I've actually put a couple mixes. No, like, on our show. Oh, you want me to go live? Yes. Like, hot on not like that. not like, just adding. While I'm talk, like while we're actually talking and doing the show, like yes. I just go because that's how you show people new that shit, it's not shit. just it's not just pre recorded. You know, what yeah. I'm that's what I was saying. Oh, okay. I listen to the show, man. All right, all right. I, I stand corrected. Yeah. Thank you for checking us out live, and adding adding to us. I could do that. I mean, we could always do that. The thing is, is my little man over there, four year old kid, he's waiting. Yeah. The only reason he's not on the decks is because we're using this right now to record. But he's like, "Can can I show? Can I show Uncle Ko what I got? Can I show him?" It's like, "Okay, let's finish recording, and yeah, we'll we'll let you show him." He's got his own crate and everything, his own music, knows his stuff. Shout out to Footsteps. <laughs> Shout out to Footsteps. That, they're the, they're amazing when a good dad lays down some footsteps and a kid follows. Mm-hmm. That's how you know you're good. And his new song right now, that is is his track. Yeah. Nas, hate me now. Ooh. That's he's going back classics too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's his new okay. joint right now. Okay. That he's he's rocking with. So we're gonna wrap up this show hella quick. But since we're talking behind the scenes football, we're actually watching the NFL Network, which is rare for us. Um, yeah, I don't watch that. Yeah, I know that. I want to talk about like what happens at the end of the season. At the the you've played your very last game, whether mm-hmm. it is. In the regular season, week 17, which is coming up, or after, or after it's at the end of your playoff run. Okay. The, you know, the, the process of that. End of the season meetings, uh, if you had a terrible season, then everybody's in there ready to just get in, clock out, do all your paperwork, sign out, and then straight to the, the bar or home or golf or, or wherever, flights, getting out of there. Everybody's just trying to get out of there. Because it's, it's a strict schedule throughout the course of the season. you got to be there hands-on every day, seven days a week. A lot of people think that you just show up on Sunday. Nah, man, it's a lot of effort going in throughout the whole week. But if you did well that season, there's a lot of congratulations. There's a lot of you know, optimism about the next year, whether you made the Super Bowl or, or not. The one thing that it sucks about the league, which is it's just the way it is, you're probably not going to have that very same team the next year. People have new contracts. Contracts are up. Uh, people are, are highly sought after. You know what I'm saying? People can't, can't afford to stay on that same team because they're not going to pay you. So it's bittersweet. Like you have fun 
so you try to organize some type of gathering for everybody for that, that last meetup. You know, a couple of times, you know, we've had a last meetup at the, at the bullpen. Shout out to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And you, you've been there to witness. Like, I have. People come in. They, they voice their, their anger, sorrow, uh, what they're going to miss, knowing they're going to leave. And it, it's kind of it sucks, but you, you go, you do all your stuff, and then you look at your friends that are on the team, and you, like, you're having your last conversations because when that offseason hits and free agency starts – you're going to look for your next team. Now you're going out there. You're trying to make new friends on the next team, learn the playbook, and you're immersed in your business. It's like the end of the school year without the yearbook. Like, yeah, kind of yeah, like man. it's not – you're not writing, like, hopefully we can keep in touch, K-I-T. You know what I yeah. mean? You put it – but it's like you have that type of feeling where you know that you're coming to the end of a relationship with certain people, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's the dudes yeah. that you hang out with all uh, on a daily basis that if they went to another team – you're still going to talk all, all day. These are guys that uh, me and Drayton Florence stayed close contact throughout our whole career. So we both had long careers on multiple teams. Actually uh, reconvened with them in Detroit for a year where he's out in Detroit playing. That's great. It, we picked up right where we left off in San Diego. I mean, he was in Jacksonville before I got there. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's just that's how the business goes. And, and people always get mad at somebody leaving, like Pouncey getting mad at uh, Harrison for leaving. All the history, you just ended the legacy of your friendship. He didn't end the legacy of his of his uh, playing ability. Right. You know what I mean? He can be yeah. all the famer. You ended the legacy of your friendship by saying that. Why would you say that? That just it makes no sense. When I left San Diego, uh, guys on my team in San Diego never, never talked trash. Even when I played them, there's all hugs, all love. You know what I mean? Like I almost blocked the punt from uh, Mike Cyphers. I didn't get the ball, but I was going to hit his leg. I made an uh, aerial move to avoid him. Sportsmanship, friendship. Competitive, but respect. Yeah. That's the so, way it is. You know, um, I remember being, like you said, there. Like, shout out to the bullpen because we call that place the office because that's where we did our work after certain weeks oh, yeah. of uh, your guys' games. So I've gotten in. I'm not saying all of this shit to name drop. But I'm just painting the picture for the people that are listening to us to yeah. get an idea. So, I've, you know, I've got to sit there with you and let's say – Burner Turner, when you knew Burner Turner was going to be leaving that offseason. I remember you yep. had him at the house. That wasn't even just at the bullpen. It was at the bullpen. It was at the house. And and there was like a, a sense of we're not going to be hanging out with him anymore. I remember going through that with Darren Sproles when Darren Sproles finally left. Oh, yeah. Uh, when VJ, like, but it was a, a constant thing at the end of the year. And, you know, people um, going and doing their meetings and coming and hanging out. I remember the year that the first year that LT came. Which was rare because, he, right? You guys yeah. were like, you guys looked at him like, yo, he don't need, he don't come out and do this kind of he shit. Can't. He's he can't. he's that guy. When you go out, what's he gonna do? Talk to everybody all day, every day about football. You know what I mean? Respect. Yeah. Even guys on the team, it's understandable. Didn't know how to talk to him as a human. You know what I mean, did you look at him like, oh, that guy's everything that we're we're working towards. You know what I mean? So it's like, as a as a teammate in the locker room. If we're outside, I'm not going to start bringing up plays or what you did in the game or this and that and looking forward to this season. Da, da, da. You can't do that. If you see him out, hey, man, what's up? What you drink? You drink beer? You drink Patron? What's up? Let's do a shot. So what's going on with your family? Everybody good? I love your dog. Your dog is nice. Let's go get some golf. I'll beat you in a golf game. You know what I'm saying? Let's play cards, domino, something. You know what I mean? Something to, to be different. And I, on the team, there's two teams I played for that were like that. Uh, San Diego and San Francisco. Okay. That locker room mentality was a—it was beyond the game. 
where, where like people are not talking about football in the locker room. We're talking about everything else but football. But when it comes to football, we're very efficient. Business, take care of it, handle it. Okay, now that's done. Let's go get this uh, craps game going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you build that, that network of friendships. Now you're playing for each other as I'm playing for a family member rather than just like guys on my team, so I'm going to block for them. I don't want nobody to touch this dude. This is my dude right here. If you touch him, I'm going to go crazy. That's where you get passionate run blocking. Emmett Smith had that with his uh, guys in, uh, in Dallas. In Dallas. They, 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 yeah, they protected his ass. Hey, Steve Young got that from all his receivers and uh, tight ends and, and linemen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right, right. Joe Montana left. Now it's Steve Young. So, yeah, so going back to all of that, it was crazy. I, I remember this probably sometimes I feel like I remember it a little bit more than you just because I'm – for you, it's work. I don't oh, remember. I remember. Like, as a as a DJ, I don't remember all of my sets. But there's somebody else that goes, "Yo, that shit that you played, that this, that that." You know what I mean? Whatever. Like for me, it's work. I'm so, okay, Reed. So for me, being a fan of thank you. But uh, so for me, being a fan of football, but not playing it, I remember. I remember the the checkout meeting after the 14 and two season. Ooh. Right. And then you guys all came in. You came in and you knew like there was going to be a change. You guys all knew it, and there was like a like a, a just a weird feeling that year. There were other. I remember the 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 couple years before that, the Jets playoff game. Yeah, that one wasn't that big of a deal. But that fourteen and two year, and we knew like you guys felt like Marty might not be coming back, and Marty was like, "Yo, we I might not be coming back." There was something different with that year. And then I also remember the uh, the other year where it was the year that you guys lost to the Jets in the playoffs, and Sanchez was the quarterback, and that was the year I think it was your last year. I think it was LT's last year, and there was this sense of being around the group that that was like everybody kind of knew that the Beatles were about to get broken up. Yeah. Right? And then – Painting the picture, not name dropping, although it's hella fucking cool as a fan to be sitting around this table with these guys. You know, we got Merriman, we got Phillips, we got Coop. Cypher shows up late because he was hanging out with Kading after Kading had missed the field goal that game. And he was, as a homie, checking on his boy, making sure he's good. How you doing, man? You know what I mean? Don't feel bad. Everybody... I think Sproles was there because this was going to be his last year. Mm-hmm. VJ was there. LT made his second second appearance out at the end of the season, which was rare. And this time he actually had a beverage, yeah. an adult beverage, <laughs> right? Uh, Big Jamal. Jamal was there. Jamal Williams. I can go. I mean, you guys get an idea. The, the main people that you remember for that Chargers team were probably sitting around that table at the end of that game with this, like, vibe. Yeah. You know, kind of like this was going to be the end. Even LT showed up. Like I said, that's crazy. Yeah. And I remember them having – the NFL Network on the TV, but it wasn't the audio wasn't being played. They were playing music, and everybody starts freestyling, right? Everybody starts freestyling and all that, and everybody gets down. And I remember LT not sitting too far away from me, and he's like, "Man, fuck them Jets!" You know, like he just went in, like you you can't remember a freestyle. It was so long ago. I just remember that line, um, and the rest of it was whack. For the record, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll say that. But on the TV was them doing a thing like this on NFL Network, and it's like, is Ladanian Tomlinson done? Yeah, and, you, like, and then there was that moment where it kind of got quiet at the table, 
I, I think more people started to notice what was on the screen, and then it started getting quiet, and I just remember looking at LT, and he was drinking his soda at the time, and he had the straw in his mouth, and he was just looking at the screen, kind of nodding his head, like, all right, y'all think I'm done. Ironically, he went to the Jets the next year, but, like, what the fuck is that like, man? Like, you're barely getting over a loss, and now you got people on the TV questioning your career. Like, that, that goes mean, back to what D'Angelo Williams uh, went off on people that don't know the don't have the feeling. You say things that you don't have the feels. Things that you, if you had the feel, you wouldn't say because you just know that you attribute it to. I'm just gonna let it work itself out. So, you got guys that are gonna leave. Everybody's all stars, so it's not like we we all know. Yeah, you're done when you're done. Certain guys are done when they want to be done. Antonio Gates still playing. They're not giving him the shine that they used to because they don't want to continue paying him because they feel like somebody else should be learning from him and then taking over. Uh, Henry, before he got injured, was doing that. But now he's injured. Now you want Gates back in there. So, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all business. And you learn that early on. I used to complain. And people would get mad at me. Oh, you're just mad because you're not getting the ball. You're mad because you're just a special team player. I can, I, I've, heard, I've heard everything. I've, had, I've looked at comments on forums saying, I can't catch, I'm slow, all this stuff. I was like, okay, that's cool. But when it does happen, what do you say about it when it happens? Oh, that's just uh, he's lucky or it's just a good day today or he stretched really well. Like You know what I'm saying? Like If it shows a glimpse, it, it's real. I can tell you that when I left the, the Chargers, people were pissed. But I wanted to chase my dream of playing receiver. So I went down to Jacksonville, worked my ass off, and catched a game-winning touchdown the first game I'm down there. But then I never play receiver again. Is that because I can't catch? Because I think I just won a game. You know what I mean? But it, yeah. The politics are just it's, just, it's the business. And it is what it is. And we know as players, just the next day, what's next? You have to think of that that way. I don't care what you say. It doesn't matter. What's next? What's actually going to happen next? There's a lot of what-ifs, theories, comments, newscasts. Uh, write-ups, that's cool. What's next? What's really going to happen next? What do I have to do personally to make next happen? All right. There's really no clever way to come out of that break, but this is Cal and KO brought to you by Anchor. I'm coming back. I'm going to ask KO a very random question. I'm going to tell a very random story, and then we will talk basketball after that. I'm pretty sure that's where KO checks out because that's what he does. All right, man, I got a question for you. Um, Like... Uh, during during the break, like, how did you even manage to go in that front bathroom in my place and go big bathroom? Like, that toilet is hella small, and like, how did you, I don't I don't even go in there. How did you even manage to physically make that happen? Man, like, look, when you gotta go, you gotta go. You gotta make it happen. Make it do what it do. I'm from a place where we don't have much, so if there's a hole in the ground, you gotta poop in it. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a that's a kid <laughs> toilet, man. And uh, you know, that had to go. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm in your house. I'm not going to be disrespectful of walking to your master bedroom, going to the master bathroom, and, you know, drop a stanky load. Because it was a big load. And, I mean, what do you want me to do? I, I got I to gotta do what I do. Rip the toilet seat off, sit on the bare part of the, of the, of the toilet without the seat. And I could have did that, but, you know what I'm saying, then the thing would have got wet. So, you know what I did? Take a little toilet paper, wrap around the thing, tuck, and then uh, push. Tuck that- and push. But that's an extra hard plastic seat, too. Them kid seats. Like, it didn't have the cushion like a normal seat. I mean, I'm six feet. I'm, I'm like 200 pounds. You got like five inches of height on me. Bruh. You got like extra weight on me. Bruh. And to me, that toilet is short. Bruh. Just, I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even go in there. I'm a gamer. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm a gamer. I got traded to the Cleveland Browns, and we're going to the Super Bowl. And we won, and they got me a ring, and it didn't fit. So I get a chain, and I put it around my neck. Make it do what it do, baby. Let it do what it do. You said doo-doo. Yo, what it do, Key? Yeah. Uh, this is just my random story from Christmas. I'm talking to my sister in Texas. Merry Christmas, all that good shit, right? You know, I got twin nephews. They're 18 years old. Just They've just started their senior year of high school. Mm. Whatever. My sister says, you know, so I was talking to the talking to the boys, and this is about the talk that you should have been talking to them, to them about. And I'm like, oh, no, you're talking to them about sex. And she's like, yeah, I had to talk to them about sex. So she says, I went into Braylon's room, and I said, this conversation is about to get uncomfortable. You know what I'm about to talk about? She goes, and my nephew goes, yeah, mom, you about to talk about sex. And she's like, I had to talk to him about the three the the three different forms of sex. So, so I'm like, okay. And she's like, well, yeah, you should have been talking to them about talking to them about this. And and she goes, so yeah, I had to talk to him about you know sex, fucking and making love. And he has to know the difference between the three. And I said, hold up. When you talk about the three forms of sex, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking oral, vaginal, anal. So first off, yeah. you have given him the wrong the wrong type of advice and she looks at me like i can't believe you just said that i'm like i can't believe you just said what you just said why are you talking to him about that that's why you still single big sis because you're talking about sex love and make you like stop it like what are you doing forms of having sex are ir- that's tertiary information third level nice word. that's above their pay grade they don't need that kind of uh dissemination another good word yeah um yeah, you just keep it general. Hey, man, look, you use condoms, use protection. You know, saying if you're gonna do it, but I'd rather you not do it because you should focus on getting yeah. uh, advanced for yourself. I told my sister that's why you're still single. You need to add a little freak in your life. If that's all, if those are the three things that you're talking about, you don't want to hear the details of your been there, done that from a family member. So you're just an agent. Not one bit. And you don't want to. Come on, sex, fucking, and making love. What? I'm just saying, I'm sure there are plenty of women that go, that's right. You better tell them boys that. I, I learned that's by not visual. That's learned... not, not what I'm going to think of when you say three ways of sex. I learned by visual representation. My my uncles were uh, drug addicts, so they would bring home nasty women, and I would tell my brothers, hey, man, I never want to be that. <laughs> so it was pretty yeah. much you know, learned by, by seeing you know, I, yeah, I treat I treat fucking just like I would DJing or playing a sport. I have to watch game films, so when I need to watch my swing, I go and watch the video of how I swung in the cage. When I need to go ahead and I have to check out what I was doing on my decks, I check my game film and I listen to my transitions. When I want to take notes on fucking, I watch porn. Ah!